Good morning. Is, is it not wonderful to serve a Lord that will go look for us? When we wander off, He searches for us. Man, it is great to be here. It's been a trying week for me. It's been a trying week or so. Um, if anything starts leaking around here, it's probably my fault. I'm just telling you, I've had uh, water issues for a few weeks. My classroom flooded. Last week I had a pipe bust on Saturday night pretty late. Got it fixed. I've had a roof leak. The roofers came yesterday. And then uh, during the roof leak, I also have a heat and air unit that's leaking. It's at about the same spot in the ceiling where the roof had been leaking. Rhonda was out of town last week. Thursday night, I got called out a little bit late to go take care of something, and I was out late, and I got home, and I finally laid down, getting ready to go to sleep, and the ceiling fell. So <laughs> there was wet insulation and ceiling everywhere. So... I'm going to leave as soon as I get done preaching today. <laughs> I'm not going to go visit anybody. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid to. But again, no matter where I go, there's water. But I'm glad to be here and dry. So we're getting there. We've got the ceiling fixed. We've got to get the heat and air fixed, and I've got to get my ceiling. And it's all going to be fine. Lord's in control. It's all going to be just fine. I'm very blessed, and, 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 it, and it is awesome to be here. And I'm glad to be on this journey with you. We are on a journey. I told you the last couple of weeks we're going to talk about a journey for several weeks because we are on a journey. We're on a journey to perfection. We're on a journey to perfection. Is anybody at perfection yet? I, I haven't really seen anybody that was. But we're all on this journey together. We talked about grace the last couple of Sundays. We talked about God's perfect grace. And now I really want to talk about our response to his grace. There's grace and then it's our response to it. What happens next? He offers us grace. It's our response. And I'm going to pick up. We talked last week about the justifying grace. And I talked about sanctifying grace a little bit. But the justification that's offered through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the best decision, the best offer we can ever have in our lives. Our response to his grace. God's grace and his love is available to everybody. How we respond to that grace is really what's important. Thankfully, I responded to the grace... Uh, the grace of salvation many years ago, but I'm still on this journey. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not. I thought that might get at least one amen. <laughs> but I am not quite perfect. But I'm still on this journey. I'm in relationship with Jesus. As we go on this journey, I'm going to relate... 
our journey to different steps or different ships. Different ships and how we receive guidance when we're on this journey of life. What we need to be doing to go from here where we are to where we're supposed to be. And the ships I want to talk about, again, it's not the ships that, that you see on the sea, but it's relationship. Next week we're going to talk about worship, then discipleship, fellowship, leadership, and finally stewardship. All these are a part of our journey as we journey to be more like Christ every day. Each one of these ships relate to a journey that we're all on. And I praise God that I'm on this journey with you. You see, today we're going to talk about our first ship, and that's relationship. As we continue the journey, we'll talk about the other ships. I'll still relate back to relationship, because to be on this journey, even though God's grace is available to us, to be on this journey and to know that we're on this journey, we have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the first step. It's the first ship on our journey. I'm going to read scripture. I'm going to read from Luke 12. I'm going to read verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there, will be, there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this scripture, Lord. Thank you for this parable, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful church. Lord, thank you for this journey that we're all on. I pray that, Lord, as we study the scripture, Lord, that you speak through me. Lord, that we, uh, the ones listening here and the ones that may be listening online, Lord, they receive the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I am not perfect. I am not perfect. But I'm on a journey to perfection. I serve a Savior who is perfect. And the things that I can do are because of His grace. What I have, whatever I have, is because God has given it to me. But as we're on this journey, we've got to really look for ways to be more like Christ. That's what the journey's all about. Our journey is to be more like Christ. We're ships on the ocean. Reminds me of a story of there was this big 
ship on the ocean, and he hears a radio call. And the radio call says, hey, go three degrees to the north. And he calls back and says, I can't go three degrees to the north. I'm a big ship. You go three degrees to the south. They radio back and says, I can't go three degrees to the south. You go three degrees to the north. He said, I told you, I'm a big ship. It's a lot for me to turn three degrees. You need to turn three degrees. And finally the radio came on and says, I'm a lighthouse. I can't move. can't move. We're being guided on this light. We have to listen. There's many things to guide us. We have scripture that we should be reading every day. We have each other that we can learn from. And we have all kinds of indicators in our life to tell us when things are not going exactly right. You see, sometimes we have our own plan, and we let that get in the way of God's plan. We don't want to turn. We listen, we, we, we hear, but we don't really listen. We should be listening to our GPS, and not the one that's on your phone that's wrong half the time. Or it seems like it is to me. But I'm talking about God's plan of salvation, that GPS. We should be seeking Him in everything that we do. Because we get so caught up in stuff. We get so caught up in things that are really not that important. And we let those things get in the way of our relationships. Our relationships with God, our relationships with each other. You see, in this scripture, Jesus gives us a word of caution. He says, take care. The King James Version says, take heed. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Or beware. You see, it's nice to possess things. There's nothing wrong with possessing things. But we can't let our possessions become more important than our relationships. We can't let acquiring stuff be more important than continuing our journey. You see, the things that we can acquire can't guarantee us happiness. They can't bring contentment. It does not matter how much stuff you buy. It don't matter how many pairs of sunglasses I buy. There's still going to be something missing in my life. You see, there's so many things that are more important than stuff. I've seen people in my lifetime sacrifice their relationships with other people for stuff. They let things become more in stuff than our relationships with each other. You see, our relationships are important. Number one, our relationship with Christ is most important, but we need to have good relationships with each other. Again, you could end up in a big house alone. You may end up with a fast ski boat with nobody to ski with. Our health is important. As I get older, our health, my health, I... I it seems really more important. I don't do things that I used to do. I, I, I take less risk. There's so many things more important than stuff. Our life is important. And our life is what's at hand. So what should a Christian life really truly look like? In James 4, 6 through 10, 
we're given these instructions. But he gives all the more grace. Therefore it said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. As Christians, we're called to be humble. We are called to be humble. Sometimes it's hard. It's easy to get caught up in what we have and, 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 and who we are personally. And we forget to fully submit to Jesus Christ. We have to be humble. I had the opportunity to speak to uh, some athletes Friday. And man, it's hard to speak to athletes these days. Because they know of so much. They're exposed to so much early. They're athletic. And, and the one thing, I, I remind them of a few things, but I remind them to be humble. I mean, we live in a world now, if you look at sports, if you look at kids playing sports today, most of them don't look, watch a whole game, they watch highlights. And they want to be that highlight instead of being a part of a team. We're the same way as Christians. Sometimes we want to be the highlight of everybody's life, and really we should be working together to help each other become more like Christ every day. We should be working together to serve other people. We should be working together and being humble to helping those who can't help us. To have a solid relationship with Jesus, we must be humble. That's where we have to start. We have to start at our relationship with Christ. And it has to be the most important thing in our life. You see, we really truly haven't started to live until we submit our life to Christ. Nothing in life can be more important. If to attain any possessions, you've got to sacrifice your relationship with Christ you're getting a bad deal. And again, I'm not preaching against stuff. I like stuff. But our stuff, our acquisition of stuff, cannot become more important than our relationship with Christ. Nothing in life can take the place of Christ. Nothing in life can take a place of a Savior. If we attain all the possession, all the positions, and everything, but we sacrifice our life with Him, we're going to be on a bad course. As we sail on this journey of life, things are going to start happening. You see, Jesus calls, in the parable, he calls the man who's laying his treasure up a fool because we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives next. We need to be focused on today. We need to be focused on tomorrow. That doesn't mean that we can't have more than we need today. We can't focus on laying things up. We need to focus on our supply, what we have been supplied today and what we can help others be. You see, a right, right, excuse me, a right relationship with Jesus will bring a right relationship with family. When you put Jesus first, your relationships with your family will be better. When you put Jesus first, your relationships with your friends will be better. When you put Jesus first, your relationship with each other will be better. You see, when I put Jesus first in my life, I'm a better husband. When I put Jesus first in my life, I'm a better father. When I put Jesus first in my life, I'm a better son. When I put Jesus right in my life, I'm a better cousin. When I put Jesus first in my life, 
my relationships are better. I'll be a better friend. I'll be a better teacher. I'm going to be a better pastor when I put Jesus first in my life. You see, having the right priorities in life is what's important. Our vital work on this spiritual journey is based on something I told you about yesterday, or last week. And I've mentioned before, and that's John Wesley's means of grace. If you look at those means of grace, and you look through those, and we do them individually, and we do them communally, we'll all become closer to Christ. You'll see a difference in each one of our lives. You see, the grace of God's always at work in our lives. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we may get caught up in other things and we don't even feel it. But His grace is always at work in our lives. He's always providing us more than we need. Even when the ceiling's falling down. He's always providing us more than we need. Even when the roofer's at the top of the roof and it's a former student, he says, hey, Mr. Morgan, how's it going? I said, what's up, Brady? I didn't know he was there. He, he didn't know I lived there until he saw me. So, But uh, our relationships, our desire to be more like Jesus Christ is what's important. And in order to remember these, again, John Wesley gave us a great tool. John Wesley referred to perfection a whole lot. Don't let anybody say, hey, and look down on you because they look at you and say, hey, you're just trying to be perfect. Say, thank you. Thank you. I do want to be perfect because I want to be more like Jesus Christ who is perfect. Guess how many times I fail at that? Often. Very often. But when I put these means of grace, when I put my relationship with Jesus, I start looking to hear the lighthouse, and not direct the lighthouse, but me receive directions from the lighthouse, that's when things work out. That's when things work out. And again, John Wesley's means of grace, he divides it into two. He divides it into works of piety and works of mercy. And each one you have individual practices and communal practices. So works of piety, things that we should be doing on our own, our individual practice, uh, practices are reading, meditating, and studying the scriptures. Prayer, fasting, regularly attending worship, healthy living, and sharing our faith with others. Those are the individual practices we should be doing every day. Those are the works of piety that you should see in our lives every day. The works of piety that we should be doing together as a congregation, as a fellowship, are regularly sharing the sacraments. Christian conferencing which means accountability to one another, helping each other, and Bible study. Yeah, we should be doing Bible study individually, but we should also be doing it together. And then there's works of mercy. And again, works of mercy are also divided into two parts. Individual practices, which we should be doing every day, and communal practices. The individual practices are doing good works. No good works can't save you. I know that. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ can save you. But once you're saved and you're on this journey, you want to be more like Him every day, you should be doing good things for other people. You should be serving other people. You should be visiting the sick. You should be visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, and giving generously to the needs of others. 
Those are the things we should individually be doing. Those are individual practices of mercy, communal practices of mercy, things we should be doing as a church, as a, as a body. We should be seeking justice, ending oppression and discrimination. A matter of fact, Wesley was an abolitionist. Wesley was ahead of his time, and he encouraged Methodists to end slavery everywhere. And he addressed the needs of the poor. Those are the communal practices we should be doing together. We should be bringing Christ into whatever room we enter. Whether it be at school, whether it be at work, whether it be wherever you go, when you walk in, the presence of God should be there. Because you need to carry him there. When we go and do things as a church, we have fun night. We serve the folks with our clothing closet. We have Bible study. When we enter a ministry, the ministry should be blessed not because of us. Again, we've got to be humble, but because the presence of God is there when we're there. The presence of God is there before we get there, but we bring that calming, serving spirit with us. You see, the most important measurement of a person is not how much treasure we have. But it's how much treasure we have in heaven. The worth of an individual is their relationship with Christ. Our relationship with Jesus is far more important than anything we can possess. Again, God's grace is there. God's grace is available. God's grace is available. Sometimes we think of God's grace after we accept him as our Lord and Savior and we receive that salvation, that justifying grace, we think that it's over. These next several weeks, I want to talk about the journey that we have to be on. I want to talk about how we should respond to his grace every day. If the only time we respond to his grace is the day we get saved, there's not going to be a whole lot of growth there. Our response to his grace should be every day. See, I pray that if you're hearing this message today, and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, or you're listening online and you never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you're on this journey, you just don't know it. His grace is there for you. I pray that you accept it today. I pray if you've been on this journey for a while and you're trying to direct the lighthouse or you've hit some rocky waters, I pray that you start looking for Christ in all that you do. Again, when you look at our destination, our destination is perfection. We've got a long way to go, but I'm glad that we're going there together. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for guiding us on this journey.
Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in this ship, this relationship with you, Lord. We don't deserve a relationship with you, but you freely give it to us. Lord, thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we continue on this journey, that we look to you first for everything. That you fill our needs, Lord. You encourage us to work together. Lord, and we tell everybody that we meet about your loving, saving grace. In Jesus' name, amen.